Chapter 16 Achieving Intimacy with God, Realizing Truth Kids, I stress that you are impermanent flesh and blood human beings engaged in a mystical journey. I stress that you are eternal mystical beings engaged in a time-bounded earthly journey. I challenge you to achieve a special personal intimacy with God, an intimacy that the angels might envy. But these words are empty and meaningless if you don't get what I've tried to articulate. Or you do get it, but you don't buy into it. Or you do get it, but you just don't know the way. Guys, you can describe a person who loves the world to the degree that I've been talking about when I say, more than any other creature God has ever given life to. That person is cheerful, often to the point of being childlike, and loving, not only to family, but to everyone, and seems to always be at peace, even in urgent and trying times. These special persons see beauty everywhere, in imperfections, shortcomings, defects, and flaws. They see beauty in all God's people, especially the poorest of the poor, the sickest of the sick, and the loneliest of the lonely. Kids, you can describe a person who is clearly a co-creator and partner with God. That person is a good deed-doer, a person who continuously helps brothers and sisters in both big ways and small. You can describe a person who knows God in ways equal to the saints and angels. That person, when speaking about God and God's stuff, living and dying, and heaven and hell, speaks humbly, but articulately and consistently about truth and goodness. They talk the talk, but more importantly, they walk the talk. But how can you describe a person who has achieved a special personal intimacy with God, an invisible God? Without describing the other people just mentioned, how can you describe a person who possesses a level of intimacy with God that angels envy? Sure, this person loves the world more than the average person, does more good things than the majority, and speaks more sincerely, humbly, and clearly about God and God's stuff than the common crowd. But what is it about a person who is deeply intimate with God? That person has a mystical air, whatever that means. That person possesses great faith and great hope, again, whatever that means. Guys, through this writing I have attempted to articulate what being mystical means. I tried translating my faith and my hope into something that might assist your life's journeys. It's perhaps the most important endeavor I've ever done. Not most important because it's so darn good, but because of its potential if done right. So you ask, what's in it for me if I become mystical as you say? How do I become mystical? How do I become a person of faith and a person of hope? Why is being mystically superhuman so important? Bottom line, what's in it for me? Guys, you cannot love this soured world or resist its lures, entrapments, and falsehoods or know God to any meaningful degree without first achieving an intimacy with God. Once you've established this intimacy, you see the world and its creatures and its creations differently. You see all things through eyes of love. You see through the eyes of God. You see through the pierced hands and feet inside of our risen Savior. Once you've established an intimacy with God, you can't help but possess the heart of a servant and desire to add to his creations or help his children, your brothers and sisters in need. Once you've established an intimacy with God, truth becomes obvious, ignorance fades, and the falsehoods of a humanity living without the Spirit of God becomes clear. Without an intimacy with God, though you may be successful in this life, you'll clearly fail at successfully passing through this life and into the next. Without faith and without hope, death clearly is one's greatest fear, as it should be.
Guys, understand that only after achieving some level of intimacy with God can you ever gain any level of faith and hope. Only after establishing an intimacy with God can you ever possibly have a chance to love the world more than any other creature God has ever given life to. Or possess the heart of a servant and to add to what God has created as one of his co-creators and partners. Or know God in ways equal to the saints and angels in heaven. Or grow that intimacy to the point that it might become the envy of angels. So how do you achieve intimacy with God? How do you become a person of faith and a person of hope? How do you become mystical? Guys, here's the way. Silence enables prayer and contemplation. Prayer and contemplation enable understanding, faith, and hope. Understanding, faith, and hope enable love. Love drives the desire to serve. And love drives the desire to sacrifice. And love drives the desire to repent and perform penance. Service, sacrifice, and repentance enable peace. Peace enables silence. Kids, the way is cyclical, beginning with silence and ending with silence. Each cycle builds upon the previous and becomes greater and greater. Each cycle becomes more and more intimate, more and more loving, more and more mystical. Guys, loving the world, possessing the heart of a servant and adding to what God has created, knowing God and achieving a personal intimacy with God, all start with silence. Your peace, joy, and contentment all start with silence. So you must find a time and a place for silence. You must find a time and a place to be still and talk to God. You must find a time and a place to be quiet and listen to God. Without prayer and contemplation, there can be no union with God and no intimacy. So you must find time to abandon the noise of your generation, the physical noise, mental noise, noise of technology and gadgets, and television and the internet and iPods, the noise of desire and violence and gluttony and sex and chaos, and sit in silence with God alone. Prayer and contemplation are not a waste of time. They're not forms of daydreaming. They're not for the weak and impotent or for the bizarre or sinful. They're for all living and dying travelers. When one sits in silence, one does not sit without thinking of anything. One needs to explore the questions of life, of both life's earthly and mystical journeys. One needs to explore the questions of the Heavenly Father and Creator and His designs for humanity. Explore questions of the Redeemer, of the Incarnation, Passion, Resurrection, and so on. By getting away from blaring televisions, annoying siblings, demanding parents and chit-chatty friends and co-workers, you allow your soul to hear the answers of the Holy Spirit. By muffling the noise in the earthly journey, you amplify the voices in your mystical journey. In this silence, prayer and contemplation will bear understanding, faith, and hope. Maybe not as quickly as you desire, but right on time, according to God's schedule. Guys, since God is love, the mystical fruit of understanding God and being filled with His faith and hope shall always be love. Love of God, love of His people, love of His creation, love of self, and so on. You'll begin seeing the world through the eyes of love, through the pierced hands and feet inside of our risen Savior, and become more and more loving persons. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails.
Kids, love is the fruit of silence and prayer and contemplation. Maybe it won't occur as quickly as you desire, but it'll arrive on time, according to God's schedule. The fruit of love is service, sacrifice, and repentance. Love is not a noun, it is a verb, an action word that manifests itself in adding to what God has already created in serving others for the greater glory of God.